0: Adam?
1: Yes, Joshua?
0: I need to see you in my office immediately.
1: Oh no, what have I done that's wrong? Please, sit down. Co-plump?
0: Would you like a cup of water?
1: (laughs) Yes, my mouth is very dry. I'm so scared right now. Am I going to get fired?
0: Well, for the last several months, it has come to our attention that you have been tardy on multiple occasions. What is this about?
1: I have problems at home, and I'm afraid right now that you're going to fire me if I
0: tell you what my problems are. Well, I can see why that might be a concern, and you are right. You're fired.
1: Did I play my part
0: appropriately? You did a really good job. I was <laughs> really impressed. I'm like a robot.
1: Okay. Now arriving downtown Santa Monica station.
0: Hey Adam, it's time for Notes on Your Notes.
1: I'm Adam Lesser. And I'm
0: Joshua Townsend.
1: And this is Notes on Your Notes, a podcast about storytelling and creative process. We are here in Santa Monica recording Joshua... Uh, summer seems to finally be here.
0: It is, and we're just three blocks from the ocean, and we really get to enjoy that.
1: Yeah, I was staring at it the other day. Mm. I realized I uh, sometimes just go down there and walk. Mm-hmm. Don't actually take a break and look out. You know who looks out? Who looks out? The tourists. You can always tell who lives here mm-hmm. and who's a tourist because mm-hmm. the people who live here... They're walking their dogs, they're on their phone, they're yeah. doing their workout routine. Yeah. The people who stop and
0: mm-hmm. just stare and
1: take a picture, mm-hmm. those are the people visiting.
0: Isn't it sad that you have to be new to a place in order to appreciate or at least have that level of appreciation? Yeah, it does. Yeah. It does bum me out a little bit. So mm. I tried the other day because
1: uh-huh. I realized like, when I go for a walk there, I'm just thinking about other stuff. Yeah, I'm like, I got to do this, got to do that. What about this? Instead of, I mean, it was pretty epic. I um, like it when you look north because the coastline hooks mm-hmm. around, and you get this beautiful sort of almost oh, looks
0: Mediterranean. It does. Well, it, we, it, we are we are, and it is. Yeah. Yeah. We need to bring fresh eyes to everywhere we go. You know. Mm. So when I go to the post office, uh-huh. yeah, fresh <laughs> eyes <laughs> notice. <The everything>. <laughs> mine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah and also being real you know like b- fresh eyes but with reality because the tourists are seeing just like one level of reality yeah. most of the time and and i feel like if we live here we can see multiple levels
1: yeah our capacity for context and authenticity is larger like i understand the problem with homelessness in the park i walk in every morning and i understand yeah, yeah. all these people alone with their dogs and maybe mm-hmm. a little bit of their emotional reality mm-hmm. their, you know, they're dog children and, <laughs> dog children.
0: Uh-huh. you know, like you kind of mm-hmm. see things in a different light when you see them day after day. And that's exactly the same way that we do when we write dialogue for scripts. Segway. <laughs> Hi everyone. Segway. If you didn't read the
1: title of today's show, it's about on the nose dialogue.
0: Uh, that wasn't subtle, huh? No, no, but not, I I, yeah. you got an E for effort
1: <laughs> You got an E for like because I if I am being authentic I would say I didn't know how we were gonna get back to the topic of the show either <laughs> I was like, I don't know how this gets back. Yeah, but we're back and we're gonna talk about on the nose dialogue So maybe we should start with a question. What is on the
0: nose dialogue on the nose dialogue is the dialogue that you would expect or the or the t- hacked, if you will, the hack, hackneyed, hackneyed, yeah. uh, the hack writer. Um, it's just vain repetition based on other iterations of the same scene. And it's somewhat stereotypical and there's no depth. And I'm just really going through the, the first level of any scene.
1: I think of it also as telegraphing the... Um, mm-hmm motivations and feelings of the character Mm -hmm. to the
0: audience in a very yeah that's what i think i
1: often think of it as like we did a episode i think it was early this year called that terrible soliloquy about yeah when at the end of sometimes like police procedurals characters will stand up and announce their motivations why (laughs) they committed the crime and it was Mm -hmm. about their mother and whatever Mm -hmm. that's also what i think of not to that extent but Mm -hmm. you'll see that in scenes sometimes like I did it because I love you. Mm-hmm. You know, that sort of like telegraphing of there. And we typically, I think, as an
0: audience,
1: it's a little soap opera. Soap operas have a lot of on the nose dialogue. Yes.
0: Actually, they're required to. Yeah, by law. By The art form. The art
1: form. Um, Mm-hmm. Uh, also
0: exposition is, is is ripe with or is one of the g- greatest pitfalls for on the nose dialogue yeah. like hey Adam what has it been seven years since I've seen you since high school right yeah how are the kids right and, yeah you know, human beings wouldn't do that
1: yeah. Yeah. yes it, it reeks usually of it's hard to, to cross this line because the way we write f- novel and film and script dialogue it ha- doesn't sound at all like the way we speak At the same time, neither does on-the-nose dialogue. Mm -hmm, It's very mm -hmm, odd. mm -hmm, It's just another mm -hmm. way we imagine. Mm -hmm. It's almost like the wrong way to imagine how we should speak in a movie. Mm -hmm. Uh, But yeah, you can usually tell because it's clanky and it sounds a little cheesy. And usually it makes you lose interest in the scene because everything gets revealed. And nothing is sort of uh, underneath the conflict. It often resolves conflict in a weird way. Because Mm -hmm. suddenly you know exactly... What that character thinks and feels yeah by what they've said not by their actions and the way they're relating to the other characters in the scene and we tend i think to both experiences a little cheesy and also to kind of lose interest a little bit
0: there's less layer there's less nuance there's less actually there's you know what it is there's less character and we we don't really hear the voice of of the actual character and that's what we're always striving for mm-hmm. we're striving for what's the authentic voice what's the authentic point of view of your character as well as the you know also the other character the non lead character the co lead yeah, yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. also just in terms of the way narrative lays out in a film or tv show
0: mm-hmm.
1: usually we allow characters cathartic moments towards the end of a film mm-hmm. right like mm-hmm. the monologue of what's actually you know the big sort of emotional speech usually is going to come in the last 30 minutes once we've seen the character transform and all the pain they've been through Mm -hmm. and that moment of shift. And sometimes it's not a big speech. Sometimes it's just like two important lines that Mm -hmm. are really meaningful. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, probably the most famous is like Brando and on the waterfront, I could have been a contender. Right. Right. But there's this, finally this moment where he tells us all along what we've kind of sensed, which is that he wanted to be something more. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Now it's one thing to have that, Compact, beautifully executed in the third act of a film—it's mm-hmm. another thing to have it in every scene, <laughs>
0: and without and, the
1: setup that you have in a movie like *On the Waterfront*.
0: Yeah, and that's an unrealistic expectation as well. That's a high bar. Yeah. Well, I would say it's an un- unrealistic expectation because even if the greatest—we don't, we don't all have Marlon Brando. Well, we on also speed dial. <laughs> if you think—if you think about all the the amazing films that you personally love, like your top ten films, right there are going to be uh, conservatively between eight to 12 scenes or uh, not scenes, but moments within scenes that you can recall with clarity. And that's, and that's, and that's, that's a high bar. Like I would consider that a highly successful film. If that, if you can retain 12 moments within one film, oh, you yeah. are I, would, in, I don't know. That's with. very difficult. Yeah. So if, if you, if any film achieves that, I'm like, wow. Yeah. Wow.
1: Yeah. And I'm just saying like, to bring it back to dialogue. I'm just saying like those moments of telegraphing emotion and how we feel, it's not that we never, ever use them, but Mm -hmm. it's usually very specific. And it's usually only at a moment when it's where we, the audience is nearing that, that climax and that resolution. Right. What most people do is put it in every scene. And we've had a conversation about why people do that. Mm -hmm. But before we get there, why don't we start with initially, like why do you think, like how do you write to avoid On the Nose dialogue?
0: So On the Nose dialogue in and of itself as a, as a first draft or a exploration period is, is not bad. It's just that you don't want to stay there. And so um, it's sort of like note taking. I look at it like note taking. It's like, okay, this is, this is where this scene should go. And then I indicate that by using On the Nose dialogue. But that's like a reminder for me to go back to that and revisit it. It's not It's not like what I'm going to stay with.
1: So we sometimes have a little bit of disagreement about this. But okay. here's my question. Yes. Because we've both had, I think, this experience, which is like I read back a scene to someone who's written it, and I'm mm-hmm. like, do you see the problem in the scene? Like, do you mm-hmm. see that this character is telegraphing mm-hmm. everything, and it's clanky, and it's... Resolving the tension in the scene and it's Mm -hmm. not working. It's on-the-nose dialogue Mm -hmm. And sometimes people have a hard time with that sensibility. They don't see it Right,
0: they literally don't see it or hear it or hear it. Yeah, so how do you help those people? So let's say
1: they write they write they don't censor themselves They know there's a lot of on-the-nose dialogue, but then they go through the Mm read-through and they're like, oh, I, I don't
0: hear that Okay, so there's two things operating one is 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 it engaging am I engaged, do I know how the scene is gonna end? Or is there any leaks in the scene where I can predetermine or pre-guess to a high degree of accuracy of how the scene's gonna go? Uh-huh. And if that still doesn't raise any um, indicators, then I would go after the second thing, which is who am I and what do I want? Right. And who am I and what do I want and what was the anis- What was the gone before? What did I just come from and where am I going? And all of those things compile compiled would create an environment where other dialogue would start bubbling up.
1: I like that, and I'm going to add two other things. Yes. One, how can I show what this character wants in a different way? So if you're saying... You give me an example of that. So, the, um Dad, I always wanted you to love me in the way you never you never did, mm-hmm. right? So right. On-the-nose dialogue, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. okay. So another way would be for... Um, the the kid in the scene to be like look dad I made four, four three pointers in a row just at the basketball game do you see and the dad's ignoring him right? Okay, right so right behavior. so mm-hmm. now we're seeing behavior rather yeah. than telegraphing dialogue so that's so think through like how yeah. does what's the authentic way that this character deals Ex- expresses expresses yeah so that's the other the second thing I would encourage is trust the audience I think Part of why people write on-the-nose dialogue is mm-hmm. that they don't trust that the audience is gonna get it. They either, when you talk about expo- exposition, mm-hmm. they don't trust that the audience is gonna see the history of two people from the way they interact, yeah. that they've been friends for 25 years and they served in Vietnam together, mm-hmm. right? They mm-hmm. have to tell it like, hey Chuck, it's been 25 years since <laughs> we were in you know, the Mekong Delta, right? Instead of just trusting the actors mm-hmm. and that to build that into how they relate, You know, yeah. maybe one of them has a tattoo on their arm, Maybe they have a way of greeting each other that only Vietnam vets do. Yes. Right? Yes. So trust your audience to get it. I think a lot of the time people don't trust the audience, which is why they feel like, well, I have to tell them, Mm -hmm. you know, and like Spielberg is accused of this, right? Mm -hmm. At a lot of the ends of his movies, it gets schmaltzy. Yeah. You know, and it's because he like wants to make sure you get the
0: message. Right. Okay. Dig deep, baby. Right. Yeah. You know and mm-hmm.
1: you know and we've often talked about this like no one not the most talented people in the world are immune from doing this absolutely like mm-hmm. someone who is one of my heroes tony gilroy i've seen him who wrote the born movies and michael clayton which i think is one of the best scripts ever written for which he won an academy award mm-hmm. i've seen him give a speech at the at bafta um, there's a video online where he's watching scenes from Michael Clayton and he he watches a scene with George Clooney mm-hmm. He said you see that piece of dialogue that didn't need to be there. Yeah, you know This is one of the best scripts ever and yeah. he's still seeing things now. That was just unnecessary yeah, and so be willing to call and try to get to like
0: Spencer the core of the Spencer conference. Tracy told a famous story that every script he would go through this Spencer Tracy is a famous actor from the 50s <laughs> just, just by throw it young, out there young man
1: <laughs> the young millennial
0: <laughs> to, to, to IMDBM um uh, Catherine Hepburn he used to work with a lot um <gasps> And he would literally—he was famous for going through the scripts with a, a red marker and going, "I don't need to say this. I don't I need, need to, to say, say this, this. I don't need to say this." Yeah. Because there's a lot of redundancy as well yeah. in um, in on-the-nose dialogue. Because it's like you make a point and then you say it again, and you say it uh, again in a third way, and it's it's all the same. It's like we. So another thing to keep in mind is to establish and move some and move on. Establish and move, move on. on. Yeah, that'll help avoid. Avoid that. Avoid that part.
1: And worse mm-hmm. comes to worse, you mm-hmm. do a table read. You get your friends around mm-hmm. and you sit them down and you have them read. Either you can it can be prose as well, where that has a lot of dialogue in it. Mm-hmm. And you just you often hear it at a table read more because it'll feel like oh this is really dragging and someone is pushing an agenda here in this scene. And you know, mm-hmm. I think sometimes you need to hear it. That's why you read your stuff aloud, but sometimes having other people read it
0: sheds new light. I, 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 You bring up a huge point here, which is you cannot hear it if you're reading it. Yeah. You can't. It's impossible. Yeah. Yeah, you have to have someone else read it to you. And if you want to, you can close your eyes. That's even better because then the visual doesn't get in the way.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That's a good idea it's always interesting you know what i wonder about is like personal storytelling like mm-hmm. moth storytelling mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or like where people tell personal stories on stage yeah um like we have a friend who wrote one mm-hmm. and then had it performed by someone else uh-huh. and i always wonder what that's like to have like your story told by an actor like what it's like to hear back that language back to you because it must be a very different experience and even the dialogue that's said in those performances must feel really different filtered through and you probably hear things
0: in the way you've written that that you might change or tweak every writer worth his his or her salt will say that that they didn't know the character until the actor Brought that character to life, right. and that's the ideal where it's a collaboration of of efforts and and shedding that preconceived idea, that preconceived concept of what you're bringing to it, to allow new life in through the actor or actress doing that role. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so on the nose dialogue is something that doesn't serve you, the artist. It doesn't serve the project. It doesn't serve the audience. I understand it as note-taking, but it's time to um, be aware of it and dig deep.
1: This has been Notes on Your Notes. Thank you so much for listening. We would love for you to go to Facebook and follow us on our Facebook page because then you can get updates about all of our shows, and we're working on some videos and some new content that we want to keep you apprised of, and you can also rate us on the iTunes store. Uh, We'll talk to you next week. The music on the show is courtesy of Kevin McCloud, and sound editing is neat.
0: It's really good to see you this fine day. By the way, I wanted to have a little conversation with you. About what? Well, I've been thinking about how naughty you've been lately, (laughs) and I believe there needs to be some punishment now.
1: Oh no. I didn't realize we were venturing into like weird custom fetish porn, (laughs) custom audio fetish porn. Is that our new strategy?
0: (laughs) No, 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 I don't know. Okay, let's let's go another direction. Hang on one second. Um. Mm -hmm.